step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Mass Mayhem. We have finally reached the 25th episode. Podcast is over. No, we still have five more to go after this, but uh, I am one of your hosts, TF2, and Mike. Joining me is Toon Master Tim. Hello, Mike and listeners. Hey, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you hope the last three episodes of a series, through the last couple episodes of a series, they would go out with a bang instead of a whimper. Sadly, not the case with Mask. <laughs> Uh, definitely. Uh, but you know what? At least they've been consistent throughout the series. <laughs> Consistently bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause you have so, those series that, you know, people be like, Oh yeah, you know, was, that was great when it first started. The first couple seasons are, are good. And then it trails off after that. No mask was consistently bad the entire season. I mean, <sighs> mask has 75 episodes. And I know people are going to hate me for comparing it to this. Mask has 75 episodes. Transformers has 98 episodes. I can at least count 50 of those 98 episodes being ones that I actually like. I don't know which 50 of the 98 they are. I, I know I remember you know some episodes that I do really love. But it's like 75% of Transformers G1 is good. There are a lot of bad episodes, but 75% is good. In Mask? Yeah, oh, I agree. It, it's probably 
I hate to say this, but it's probably 96% bad and 4% good. <laughs> yeah. I really hate to say that, but, and I'm just counting the first season. I'm not, I, I have, I don't even remember the racing season, hence why we're going to be doing it. But um, out of the first 65 episodes, 96% of them I did not like. 4% of them I did. Um, it just, oh. God. Right. I mean, there are a few of them, and we'll get into this when we do the recap, I'm sure. But, you know, there are a few that stand above the rest, but, you know, that's that's not really saying much. They're not standing very tall above the others. I mean, there's a few things no. like I remember when we got uh, a little bit of backstory on um, on Matt and mm-hmm. uh, and Miles. And there was uh, the issue with his brother. And then there was like uh, a story that involved uh little bit of history about his father you know so some things like that that you know i think were some highlights in the first season but overall it's just kind of the same plot just yeah just scrolling up and i know we're not to the recap yet but i'm just gonna say this here now just scrolling up to the very beginning of the episode list here uh highway to terror okay the death stone it was the first episode i still like the first episode um highway to terror video venom um, let's see here. Assault on Liberty. Uh, and the, which, what was it? It was, um, the Counterclockwise Caper. So those would probably be my top picks out of the entire season. The rest are hit and very much miss. Yeah. Um, but we are here today to talk about the final three episodes of Mask Season 1. Uh, we are going to get to the Gate of Darkness after this. I thought the festival lasted till sunset. It turned out to be a limited engagement. You should have seen it, Dad. A King Cobra followed this floating flute and scared everybody. Uh, and Scott climbed a rope that went straight up in the air. Wait a minute. Floating flutes, the running cobras? Alex? Well, not that it makes any sense, but a fakir somehow did the genuine Indian rope trick. At the same moment, a flute went winging through the air, luring a cobra from the festival. Then as soon as the cobra left, the rope I was climbing went limp. Sometimes the eye does not behold the truth. I think I can still catch the curtain call, and maybe Mr. Subas can help. Alright, first up is the Gate of Darkness. Venom abducts a cobra whose hood shows the way through a maze that leads to the treasure in the Himalayan mountains. (sighs) Just another fucking tree. This is kind of like my old quote from TFG on podcast. Just a bunch of fucking repaints. That's all these damn episodes are now. Just a bunch of fucking treasure hunts. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the rope trick was cool until we found out what the hell was actually powering it. That you know, I, mean, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I did. I did too. I thought, okay, well, that's kind of neat. But then they find out that it's basically yeah. like this. There's just air underneath it or something blowing it. It's and... it's a mechanical thing. Yeah, so it's some machine, and so that kind of took the wind out of the sails. And uh-huh. um, I mean, it's your standard mask plot. 
Venom's trying to go get something. Mask has to stop them. Uh, there's nothing in this plot that is any different from any of the other episodes we've talked about since we've started doing this podcast again. Yeah, it, it really isn't. Um, I like the title of the episode. Uh, I thought it would be something a little different maybe going into it, Gate of Darkness. But yeah, this turns into your typical treasure hunt. We find out that the that there's a priceless artifact, so we know Venom's going to be after that. And this is basically an ivory throne. Yeah, it's an ivory toilet, ladies and gentlemen, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we are going to get to the high beams after this. Loaded ivory throne, and you guys are giving music critiques. You're driving me nuts with this thing. Snakes are deaf anyway, you idiot. They are. Sorry, I won't do it anymore. I got it. I drew it. Okay, Rembrandt, I hear you. Now let's move it. Turning on the high beams. Uh, they're not very high. The only thing that was really cool about this one for me is, hey, look, Buddy and Brad are back, finally. Yay! <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I just happened, like, in this episode, it really occurred to me that there are a lot of Masked team members that have a first name that starts with a B. Because mm-hmm. we have Bruce, Brad, and Buddy in this one. Yep. What, what else did you like about this one? Anything? Uh, well, you, you talked about the team members. I did like that, uh, you know, we get to see what they're doing when they're called up. And, you know, mm-hmm. they've gotten less interesting over time. Uh, they've kind of <laughs> basically used some of the same uh, backstory events. And then in this one, we get Buddy in kind of a humorous scene where he is working on somebody's tire. And the guy's standing there and, you know, he's filling up the tire with air. And then all of a sudden he gets called, so he just takes off. And the tire just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and finally the guy's like, yeah. "I got to get out of here too," and then it explodes. Yeah. Um, it, it's good. It's not the yeah. It, it's not the same as you know the pizza place with Dusty. It just isn't the same anymore. <laughs> no, and it, it's so funny. I mean, I was just thinking about you know when they show these um, the thing the things that the people are doing when they're getting called up and you know they immediately drop whatever they're doing and take off when you know if they give it like 3 to 5 seconds they could wrap up whatever's going on mm-hmm. uh, so they kind of you know he kind of left a dangerous situation there where this guy could have been extremely hurt or killed yeah um the other thing i did like about this one um there was a decent battle scene at the end of the episode um, so that elevated this one a little bit. But uh, another thing I really thought was good in this one was Miles' frustration with his goons. <laughs> and I know we've talked about this in some of the past episodes. Um, but in this one, um, he makes a joke about finding the map by walking into a gas station and asking for a map to the Gate of Darkness. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And then there's another um, incident where... Uh, he is talking with Dagger, and Dagger says something like, who turned out the lights? And then Miles replies with something like, your lights have been out since you were born, idiot. Mm-hmm. So, again, Miles Mayhem, you know, he's a true leader. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I like the comedy amongst the amongst the villains. I really do. But if you can't give me 
an interesting enough story in 22 minutes. I mean, the 7D gives me two interesting stories in 22 minutes on the Disney Channel. You know, and... And... You know, you know, He-Man, Thundercats, Voltron, they're all, you know, if you know, you don't count the commercials, they're all 22-minute episodes. They all give me interesting stories. Sure, there, there are plenty of things that he, that Kevin and I, and even you, when you comment on them on the post, that we, we do or don't agree with each other on as far as whether things are good or bad in He-Man, but at least there's actually things to talk about with the plot of an episode that lasts 20 to 23 minutes. And I'm sorry, but Mask just doesn't have it. I don't think, and I've mm-hmm. said this before in the show, I don't think these people cared. I really, I'm not talking about the voice actors, I'm talking about the people in charge of doing the show, the producers, the directors. I honestly don't think these people cared. And, you know, I was watching, uh, I'll talk about this now because we, we're we at the end of season one here, and on the end, on the last disc of season one, uh, the final sixth disc of volume two in the DVD set from Shout Factory, it has a special feature where it's uh, Saturday Crusader, Saturday Morning Crusaders Unite, and it's all these supposed mask fans yeah. getting together, and there's like comedians, and I don't even know half the, I've never heard of any of these people. I've never seen them anywhere talking about this. Um, and they're all talking, and don't get me wrong, I like that Brian Ward and Shout Factory got, you know, with these people, but it's like, they're like, oh, well, Mask is basically a big, you know, middle finger to Transformers and G.I. Joe, because Mask is so much cooler, because it combines those two shows, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, the concept is cool, but story execution sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, th- this feature, I don't even know how long it is. It's probably, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and they just oh. keep going on and on. Oh, no, it's it's like 20 minutes. Um, oh, is it really? I, yeah, I did watch I... that today, and I, I stopped, I, like, you know, checked to see how long it was before I even proceeded with watching yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, a few minutes into it, I was thinking, okay, this is kind of worthless. But then it did have some humorous moments, but it was kind yeah. of funny because... Yeah, they did say that. There was somebody saying, oh, yeah, it's a mesh of G.I. Joe and Transformers, so it was so much better, it was so much cooler. Um, and I don't know if that was, you know, meant to be facetious or if he was, you know, if he'd actually seen the show recently. Um, <laughs> but there were some things they did agree with us on, which I, I thought was good to see as well. Mm. Yeah, so let's get to the low beams for the Gate of Darkness. Indian Safari! Well, safari, so goody. It was nice of the India Department of Records to let us borrow this. Yes, if we can combine our modern technology with the ancient info on that map, maybe we'll come up with the location of the gate. All right, getting to the low beams. Honestly, other than Buddy and Brad being back, there are f- and a few funny lines between Miles and the and the rest of Venom. There's not much here, and at the end, there are way too many puns. Mm-hmm. Way too many. Um, this is just... I don't know, it's it's more of like... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, we're at the end of the season. I wanted something more. They didn't give it to me, and this is... If this episode was in the middle of the season, it would probably get a slightly average, maybe slightly below average score from me, but at the same time, it's like, we're coming to the conclusion of the season here. People do something, and they didn't. Right. What about you? Yeah, I kind of feel that way, and I kind of felt that way with the episode we'll be talking about next. Is it's, It started yeah. off different. I thought, okay, we're going to be getting something different here. It's almost like you know, Stan Lee deciding to put Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy because... The, the book's going to be canceled anyway, so what the heck? And <laughs> I thought, well, maybe somebody, you know, somebody's taking a chance or, you know, the story editor or something said, okay, fine, this is this is breaking the mold, but just go ahead and run with it. And we would get something different, but no. Um, and that's exactly what you're talking about with this episode. It's something that we've seen so many times at this point that had we seen this early on in the series, we might have been like, okay, eh, not too bad, you know. Like you said, maybe about average or so. But uh, at this point, we're just so frustrated with these these recycled plots. Um, and, yeah. and one of my love beams here is something I, I mentioned, um, I think, in our last episode, is the voice acting and just how flat it is. Um, and we, we have this moment, okay, where Matt is driving Rhino into the village. You know, they're all hyped up. They're, they're ready to go. And he runs over these spikes that one of the Indian guys was sitting on. Mm-hmm. And so it flattens Rhino's tires. Rhino flips over onto its side, driver's side down, and lands on top of these hot coals. And mm-hmm. then Matt just calmly asks if everyone is all right. It seems like, you know, the way he delivers that line, there's no impending danger. Uh, even the animation doesn't give us any sense that there's any real danger here. But obviously there is. And, you know, smoke starts filling the cab of, uh, of Rhino. But again, you know, we cut, we cut to the commercial. We, you know, we, we feel like there's something dangerous here. You know, our, our team's in danger, and, and we need to get, um, you know, we need, to, we need to have some concern for what's going on. But the, the voice acting is just so flat. And so then I, um, I paid attention to the credits after the episode was over and mm-hmm. just picked out uh, who was doing the voice direction. And it's Stu Rosen and Marsha Goodman. And so then I looked them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're kind of getting, you know, off topic. No, here, but I think we need no, we need to kind of talk about this for a minute. I mean, I think yeah, this is interesting. Absolutely. Um, so, Stu Rosen, he uh, also was a casting director for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I give him mm-hmm. some credit there. So he went on to do some other good stuff. Um, and he worked on other shows like, um, well, let's see, Captain N, The Game Master, Defenders mm-hmm. of the Earth, and Fraggle Rock. And I think that. You know, that, that's a pretty good resume. I think those are some pretty decent shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Captain N. But, you know, I mean, he also was on uh, worked on My Little Pony, the movie. I mean, those are well-renowned, well-known franchises from the 80s. Um, and then Marsha Goodman, uh, she was also known for her work on The Real Ghostbusters and Captain Planet and the Planeteers. 
uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's not like, you know, these were just um, unknowns in the industry. I mean, maybe this was one of their first their first series, because I think Mask was 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 1985. And so some of these other shows came later. So, you know, maybe they were just cutting their teeth on Mask and then went on to do better things. But it, yeah. but it was just interesting because I know like you know we've we've talked about the writers before and how we didn't recognize mm-hmm. the writing team mm, uh, except not at for all. except for well except for Chuck Lorre yeah. yeah just bad just just yeah. bad very 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 bad so all right we are gonna move on to the next episode. <laughs> The Manakara! The Manakara Giant! Up next is the Manakara Giant. Okay. The, uh... Alright. Venom uses a magnet weapon to crash ships into rocky beaches. Local natives believe it is caused by an ancient curse until Mask discovers otherwise. Dun, dun, dun. So this one had Uh, me hooked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did. I, yeah, I actually did. I mean, in the very beginning, I thought they did an excellent job with that scene with the ship, and you know, all all of all the sailors on there are panicking. Um, you know, we hear this voice coming from the island, and the ship's being pulled in, so they all have to abandon ship. I thought that was done very well, and as I was alluding to in our discussion about the previous episode. Um, I thought, okay, they're taking a chance here. They're going to do something different. You know, let's hope to God that Venom isn't behind this. <laughs> and we have some sort of supernatural element here. Um, and it's just going to be Matt and Mask members trying to figure out what the mystery is. And, mm-hmm. and I wish they would have done that rather than always making Venom being behind it and chasing after some treasure or some artifact or something. You know, it's kind of like with other series. You mentioned He-Man before, mm-hmm. and or even Thundercats. You know, yep. Mumra wasn't behind everything that was going on on Thundera in every episode, and and neither were the 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 mutants or or other you know or the main bad guys. They would bring in new bad guys. Um, and same thing with He-Man. You know, it wasn't always Skeletor or you know his his evil army. Um, you know, they they tried to branch out and do other things so it wasn't it, it wasn't boring you know it has it had some new elements to it yeah see the thing with with he-man and masters universe that i found out is that they don't use the like here's here's the difference between mask and he-man and masters universe from 83 mask uses venom too often and doesn't give us enough you know who else could it be outside of them and then He-Man and Masters Universe, they use too many one-shot villains and not enough of Skeletor and his evil warriors. So it's a kind of a, you know, flip sides of the same coin. Mm. And it's like, oh, come on. Uh, with this one, this one is, out of the final three, this one's probably the best one, honestly. <laughs> um, well, for me, it started off real strong, but it quickly... <laughs> It quickly became less and less interesting. Um, yeah. So for me, this one is not going to be my my favorite of the of the week. Um, but I, th- I think it did have some some good moments. It's not 
Well, to me, it, it because it had such promise in the beginning and then mm-hmm. failed to deliver, uh, I was very disappointed. I think for me with the plot is out of the three that we have, for the final three, this is probably the best written plot out of the three of them. At least the most interesting plot. Yeah, sure, it kind of goes downhill. I mean, that's like you know somebody asking a magician, how did you do that? And he shows them, and then it just becomes less mystifying on how he does his trick. It's the same thing here. You know, once you find out that, oh, the machine did the rope and blah, 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 and whatever else, and... And the the flute is magnetized, and yeah. you know, once you find that stuff out, yeah, sure, it kind of goes downhill from there. But the overall, you know, the the episode plot on on a whole here is a hell of a lot better than what we've had recently. Yeah, the plot itself, I I, I agree, I like that. Um, it again, it's one of those episodes where it takes us a while to get things moving. I mean, we have mm-hmm. this. We have this scene in the very beginning that opens up the episode that has this impending danger and this mystery, and then you know we spend probably. I mean, I would say probably the next ten minutes or better just wandering around and you know T. Bob thinking everything is the Manakara giant, and uh, <laughs> I mean there were so many times that that he called out, "It's the Manakara! It's the Manakara!" And it's just mm-hmm. like, shut up, you know, let's. Let's move on already. There were too many attempts at, at humor um, that, you know, I, I think they could have just been skipped and we could have had a much tighter story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get to the high beams. Legend says when it gets angry, nothing is safe that gets in its path. The pilot told me this Manakara giant was responsible for all these accidents. There's no logical explanation, Matt. A monsoon, for instance, that explains what pulled the freighter ashore. Then it must have been the giant. Wow, I wish I could have been there. Well, I don't. One giant step, and I'd be just another pile of scrap metal. But, Stephen, your freighters have used that straight for years to transport cargo. Why did Monacara dip his fingers into this one? I don't know, Matt. But this platinum shipment was one of the biggest we've ever transported. And I've got an even bigger shipment of platinum that must go through. My entire business holdings are at stake. I need your help, Matt. Hmm. I've got some friends who might be interested in checking into this. I'll give them a call. Thanks, Matt. I'll arrange for them to stay in a house on the island. Don't worry. We'll get to the bottom of those footprints, Stephen. All right, turning on the high beams. Well, for the first time ever, Scott actually shows emotion and sadness for T-Bob when he's going to get whisked away. It only took them 63 episodes to get to this point. Because Scott does look like he's about to cry when T-Bob gets whisked away by the water. Yeah, that is true. He was torn up about it. Uh, yeah, uh, so this isn't a treasure hunt episode. This is a platinum theft episode. So since it's not actually a treasure hunt, it's probably going to get a much higher score for me since it wasn't that boring because every at this point, I never want to see another treasure hunt plot ever again unless it's <laughs> finally unless they finally re- finally release National Treasure 3. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What'd you like about this one? It was fitting that uh, 
that Venom's own magnetic machine was what defeated them in the end. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like that because Scott is, uh, he's at the, the wheel basically of this magnetic machine and, and uses it to, uh, to pull in Venom's vehicles, which, you know, explode. And then, uh, it's kind of funny. There's a scene, uh, after the explosion where Miles and Vanessa are flying through the air and, and Miles is like, you know, I'll get you next time. And Vanessa is just kind of like basically laying on her side with her arm under her head, just like, you know, with frustration saying, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, this is going nowhere. Yeah. Um, so I did like that. And then I've got a high beam here that's also going to have somewhat of a low beam. And that is we've talked about T-Bob and how he often gets treated as being a human being. Mm-hmm. And Scott actually reminds T-Bob he's not human. He's a robot. He's a robot yeah. because uh, T-Bob is concerned that the island natives may be cannibals. And T-Bob <laughs> says you have nothing to, or Scott says you have nothing to worry about, T-Bob. You're a robot. Mm-hmm. But then he contradicts himself later, which is going to be in the low beams. Yep. So let's get to the low beams after this. I still don't understand why you made us move the machine from the other island. Foolish female. Only the local people were fooled. That's why we moved the machine before investigators came. Now continue the test. I want to make sure the machine wasn't damaged in the move. Love to. Here comes our bait now. All right, it's working, it's working. Shut it off, Vanessa. For the low beams, take it away, sir. Well, I, I thought for sure you would have this in your low beams, and, and maybe you do, but uh, basically mine is, is kind of a big one. I've already kind of alluded to it, but Scott told T-Bob that he is a robot. He is not human. But then mm-hmm. T-Bob is underwater, and Scott is asking Matt if T-Bob can hold his breath that long. God. Like, Yes. Why? <laughs> Why did you do this to us? You just showed, you know, some some reason here. And uh, I'm so frustrated God. with this show. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you now see why and you hear why Optimus Soul did not want to come back to this podcast. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I've said this before. As much as you know, I enjoy working with Tim on this show, it still cannot compare to how bad this show is. <laughs> um, the only thing I wrote down, because this was such a... I'm going to make this joke... Uh, such a breath. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Best of fresh air compared to the last episode. The only thing I wrote down that I complained about was fire insurance. Really? That's the PSA. Fire insurance. Why is it there are so many fire safety, fire related PSAs in this series? I don't know. I mean, they can't even come up with good ideas for PSAs. No. Not at all. <laughs> I. No, this, this I, I can show. I can watch a, a marathon of GI Joe PSAs on 
the Rhino release of the G.I. Joe movie, mm-hmm. there's maybe like 23 or 20-some G.I. Joe PSAs as a special feature just lined up back-to-back. Right. And I watched those, and I thought they were all good. They didn't tell the same... They didn't have the same public message. Um, they were entertaining. They were fun. But these these right. PSAs, they're just awful. Yeah. Most of them, <sighs> anyway. And it's so funny because not all of the Transformers episodes that I remember, not all of them ended on a PSA. They just ended. They just went front, you know, they, they closed out. It, it, it wasn't a sharp ending, um, like uh, a couple of things, but it was, you know, they, they closed out, then they went to credits. And not often, unless it was after the credits before the next show came on, did the PSAs happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And th- this is something that is strange with certain 80s properties. Transformers has them, but they don't have them on every single episode. At first, I didn't think Jem was going to have PSAs. Yeah. It takes until like the 12th or 13th episode out of 65 for Jem to start incorporating PSAs at the end of its show. Um, and Mask has a PSA after almost every single 65 episodes. And none... Uh, it, Mask should have done what He-Man did. They made the PSAs relevant to what happened in the episode yeah well i think that with uh he-man and the masters of the universe they wrote the plot around i mean they often seem like they developed the plot around an idea they wanted to deliver in the psa you know they did they didn't work backwards they worked forwards and they said okay we're going to have this episode be about um you know respect for your elders Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they would they would have an episode that was interesting and had that element in the episode, and then they could talk about that in the PSA. And they didn't always do that. I mean, I, I you and I both know that you know not every episode had that PSA that tied in directly to um, what had happened in the story, but there were a lot of them that were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mask is just it's just tacked on. Yep, pretty much. Absolutely. So I think we are going to get to the final episode of the day, final episode of season one after this. And in this compartment, gentlemen, he said the famous spy, Mata Hari herself, wants travel to escape the Allies. Wow! Lots of famous people traveled on the Orient Express. Spies, kings, and criminals. But you, T-Bob, are our first robot. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm Scott's first robot, too. It must have been exciting being on a train with all kinds of criminals. If that's what you want, just hop on a subway. Thanks for giving us the tour. Scott's getting a real kick out of it. It is my pleasure to share the mystery and intrigue of the Orient Express with such honored guests. All right. 
right, final episode of season one, episode 65, Raiders of the Orient Express. Where's Indiana Jones when you really need him? Yeah, this is, uh, then, what, like the second ahead. episode recently where they've had Raiders of something? I mean, as mm. the title? Uh, Treasure, Menace, Menace, Scarlet Empress... Uh, incident in Istanbul, Stone Trees, Plunder of Glowworm Grotto. Okay, maybe not. I thought we had a Treasure recent episode where Cave there was uh, Raiders of something in the title. No. I'm all the way back up to episode 44, and there's no Raiders. Um, so anyway, Raiders of the Lost Orient, or Raiders of the Orient Express. Venom infiltrates the Orient Express train, looking for clues to Mad King Ludwig's treasures. I didn't know Koopa's kid was in this series, let alone being a king. Um, Alright, so this is the final episode of the series, or well, of season one, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, it's better than the first episode, at least. Oh. Sure, it is, it, 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 sure, it is still a treasure hunt episode, but it's... It's better than than the first one that we talked about today. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that by the time I get to the third episode, sometimes yeah. I am just like, I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> but I just found this one so boring. I really mm-hmm. did. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Um at least at first. I liked how Venom could never get into the thing, uh, the the treasure, because they couldn't figure out the clocks. Uh-huh. Um, overall, as a season finale episode, this is just standard. There, there's no cliffhanger. There's no nothing, especially with... <laughs> coming back with only 10 new episodes for the racing series. Um, they should have done a better job with this and done some sort of continuity or some some sort of story with Matt's brother or with how Matt Tracker and Miles Mayhem came up with the technology for the masks. and They, they just should have done something a little differently. I don't dislike this episode mm-hmm. on a whole by itself. But as as a season finale episode, this sucks. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I would like to have seen them go back to some of those things that you were talking about. Um, yeah. You know, again, hit on the backstory between Miles and Matt. Um, you know what happened there. Try to try to, um, you know, tell more backstory or or wrap things up in some way. Um, I mean, even though they have this second season coming up, which I'm not sure how much different it's going to be from the first, I'm hoping that it takes somewhat of a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it would have been nice to see something like that because, you know, we talked about this when we were uh, discussing uh, the last episode, the the Manakara Giant, um, that special feature at the end of the last disc um, yeah. on Volume Two. And and again, they talk about this history uh, of Matt Track with Matt Tracker and Miles Mayhem. And I guess one of the guys on that um, on that special said that there was a comic book included with Rhino. 
and it told right. the backstory, which actually was kind of a dark and violent backstory between Miles Mayhem and, and Matt Tracker, um, and how, you know, during this incident of, of them having this falling out and Miles wanting to take the technology and steal it, his brother mm-hmm. got killed, right? Yeah, Matt's brother got killed, yeah, Matt's, I believe. Matt's brother got killed. Um, you know, pretty dark material for for a cartoon back in the 80s, but it would have been nice if they could have at least done something with that. I mean, I think there's a lot of story there that you could tell. Um, I mean, certainly over the course of 65 episodes, we haven't really delved into that very much. So, yeah, it would have been yeah. nice to have seen that come back around in this last episode of the first season. Absolutely. Um... Yeah, I mean, this is a nice thing. Um, I mean, it's an interesting... um, uh, It's This episode is interesting, but at the same time, it's still... This is more middle of the road than than, uh, the first episode is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, this is basically... A Richie Rich plot. <laughs> Richie Rich. It, I, seriously, it's basically a Richie Rich plot where the person's treasure isn't an actual treasure. Or, yeah, okay, it's a Casper the Friendly Ghost plot. I, I mean, you know, it, it's... Venom looks for this treasure of this Mad King Ludwig and turns out the treasure that he has is a model train set of the Oriental Express because he loved riding the train all the time. So there's like, you know, it every time when I watch this uh before recording, I'm like, hey, when's uh when's stinky fatso and uh, stretch going to show up or something? It's like, seriously? Um so yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, we we've been We've been down this road before. I mean, if it's you know miles after some great treasure, and it just turns out to be it's it's steam that was so valuable during during the ice age that was the treasure, or <laughs> yeah. or you know yeah. this hidden money that you know is hidden around the Washington Monument, and it turns out it's it's old Confederate money, so it's worth <laughs> nothing. It's under a giant W. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to the high beams, if there are any, after this. Interesting. Back in the 1800s, they were the private quarters of King Ludwig. Mad King Ludwig, he slept in an empty swimming pool. He threw lavish parties for ducks, built crazy, gigantic clocks. He was a regular loony. Looks like he was a regular passenger, too. But of course, he was crazy about the Orient Express. He even built a castle along its route, so he could travel on the train several times a year. It said he hid a fabulous treasure somewhere in his castle, but no one even knows what it is. Hmm, Mad King Ludwig's castle. Where's it located? You are fortunate. It is in Zermatt. Our next stop. All right, time for the high beams. This is really the episode where they really destroyed almost all the vehicles except Switchblade. Jackhammer gets killed. Uh, Manta gets killed. 
Yeah. Even Piranha. Piranha gets killed. Yeah, Piranha, like, goes off a cliff, and the motorcycle part slams right into a cliff and explodes. Explodes, yep. yeah. Uh, Jackhammer basically gets cut in half. Kind of reminds me of uh, 2007. You want a piece of me? No, I want two. And Megatron rips Jazz in half. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they really... I'll, I'll say this for this episode, even though the plot isn't that great. At least for leaving it on a cliffhanger, as far as what the vehicles are going to do for the second season, who knows? I mean, normally, when... when the mask of the Venom vehicles have been destroyed before. They just kind of come back brand new, like, hey, we repaired them off screen. Um, so, yeah, I'm at this point, I have no idea what, because I don't, I've said this before, I don't ever really remember seeing the racing series season. So, yeah, that's going to be totally fresh and new for me. Hopefully, it's just not the same recycled plots. Um, and then, hey, a PSA that actually <laughs> aligns with the episode. Since it's, you know, train-related. Yeah, it is. So, so that's good. What about you for high beams? There was some humor here when uh, T, Bob, and Scott suspect that one of the passengers is Miles Mayhem in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Because we'd seen that Vanessa was in disguise as this countess or something on the train. Yep. So I thought that that actually worked out real well and provided for a very humorous scene. Because I thought it was going to be Miles. It looked just like him, but it wasn't him. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're doing the, uh, the Bugs Bunny gag or whatever, where he's trying to like pull his mustache off and stuff, throwing water on him. So it's pretty funny. Yep. Um, and then there was this other scene where, uh, Matt makes a joke about being cut from the team Yeah. and everybody is laughing just hysterically. They're so boisterous. I was, it just became comical, just laughing you know how hard they were laughing at that joke yeah. i mean it's like it, <laughs> it's just, it just got louder and just just crazier and it went on for a long time yeah it went on for way too long absolutely way too damn long um yeah at least it wasn't scott laughing along with them though at least it was just which i don't even know where he went in that scene but, um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else did I like about this one? Um, no, I, I think that's it. I mean, I, I, I guess I could say I was hoping the runaway train would have just, uh, you know, crashed somewhere and <laughs> Scott and T-Bob would have ended up in the hospital or something, but that'd be cruel for me to say that. Oh wait, whoops, I already did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I think we're going to get to the low beams after this. A hammer. All that trouble for a crummy toy hammer. Hey, it's not a waste. Maybe someday you'll get some toy nails. Dagger, you've got more holes in your head than two tons of Swiss cheese. I'll take that. This toy is obviously a clue to Mad King Ludwig's treasure. To your vehicles! All right, for the low beams, something about the Countess looks familiar. Are you fucking kidding me? He should know who Vanessa is. 
Really? He needs the computer to tell him that? Yeah. I mean, it, well. it, it has her mugshot right there on the computer screen, I and they have to, like, know. peel back the hat and the clothes to tell him this is Vanessa Warfield? Come on. I I know. It's it's just so so ludicrous. Um, and then uh, just another treasure hunt episode to end the season, no less. What about you? What didn't you like about this one? Some of the things I've already mentioned, I, I didn't like that the real treasure was the train set. I also didn't like that, uh, well, actually my biggest issue with this episode is that it feels like it's trying too hard to like build in all these layers. Because mm-hmm. we go through the trouble of Venom stealing the doors from the Orient Express. And so we're thinking, okay, well, why would they want the doors? What, what is it with the doors that's so important? And so then they cut the, we find that Venom cuts the doors open just to find this little bitty hammer. And then <laughs> they go to, um, what was that, the mansion or something? Yeah, they go to Ludwig's castle. Yeah, they go to the castle and they go to this room where there's all these, all these cuckoo clocks and they fit the arm into this man on the cuckoo clock. So then that produces a sound that opens the door to a hidden room and then they go into the room, but they still can't get behind the panel that's inside the room that leads to the treasure. So it's, it's just too many layers. You know, it just became too convoluted. It was just, it was just too much. They didn't need to go that far with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just... Well, I, I think they're trying to be clever and, and write something with, you know, multiple layers and, and you know, make it interesting and and maybe fun to follow or maybe the, maybe the kids will have fun trying to figure out this mystery. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we, di- we just want to see big battles and some cool action and, you know, throw in some humor. You know, I, I, I just thought this was the most boring episode of the week Uh, no that first episode is worse than this one for me so we're going to take a quick break come back with final thoughts and ratings after this hello geeks want a podcast that covers a vast array of topics with no rhyme or reason then check out altered geek unlimited where the topics fly more or less off the cuff We cover media news, TV, our favorite geek products, and of course, your feedback. So get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. By the power of Grayskull, I command the Jawbridge. Open! Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF Joe and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com by the power of Grayskull. We all have the power. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News Review. 
news and interviews like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's On Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. Remote Control is the new TV podcast from the GeekCast Radio Network. We'll be covering TV shows and topics from the year 2000 to whenever now is. We'll have special themed episodes entitled Pilot and Season Premieres, as well as Finishing Finales. We'll also have Season Pass episodes, where we take a look at an entire season of a TV show. Remote Control can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and www.geekcastradio.com. So tune in, because we are all remote controlled. Now back to Mask and Venom. We are back. So ratings for the episode. The first episode, sir, what are you going to give us? How many masks or how many non-masks? <laughs> yeah, a negative number. Yes. Uh, the Gate of Darkness, for me, gets two masks. It was enjoyable. I mean, it, it was kind of middle of the road. I, I didn't mind some of the, the moments in that one. Um, I mean, it, it has some low beams that, uh, you know, I, I I didn't like the voice acting in this one, as I mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was definitely a moment of danger there. They could have they could have done uh, a better job of delivering those lines. Yeah. But uh, yeah, two masks. For me, it gets a one. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's by far the worst out of the three episodes for me. Um, I I was expecting more than what we got, as we said in in the episode review. Uh, you know, you, you 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 see a title called Gate of Darkness, you think of something like, you know, Gozer the Demon King coming to hunt the Ghostbusters or something, or you know, something interesting. And it just wasn't interesting enough for me. Yeah. Um. What about the second episode? Well, this was the one that started off strong that I, I had hoped that there would be some supernatural element to it and we would get away from Venom being behind everything. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe they would show up, but maybe they wouldn't be behind it necessarily um, or after some treasure or artifact. Yeah. But, I, you know, it just turned out to be so boring. It took so long to get things moving after that initial scene. Um, you know, they're wandering around the island trying to figure out you know what's what's uh, causing the footprints and and everything, so I I, I ended up losing interest in it. I'm going to give it one mask. Hmm. Um, for me, this was easily the best episode of the day. Uh, it was the most interesting for me out of the three of them. Um, I liked all of the mysteries surrounding how like was it really a sea monster and whatever else. I really dug that. Um, it's not great, but it's not below average for me, so I'm going to give it three out of five masks. Oh, wow. What about the season one finale? Yeah, you can probably guess I'm uh, not going to rate this one very well either. Um, <laughs> Raiders of the Orient Express. You know, I did like a few things about it. Um, you know, there is that scene where T-Bob and Scott are in the train car and it's rolling down the hill, 
and so we have all the mass team members team up and and they uh you know shoot the I can't think what the name of it is. Uh, basically, some sort of anchors or something through the roof of the car and and haul it off the track so it doesn't go over the gorge. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool moment. And as you said, there were some some moments where the vehicles uh, get destroyed. Um, but again, I just had this problem with it just taking so long and just having so many layers in there the way they, where they try to be clever and mysterious. So I, I I didn't like it. I found it boring. I'm going to give it one mask. All right. For me, it's only going to get a two. Like I said, if you would have done something a little bit more interesting with the season finale, it would have been better for me. Um, but sadly, they didn't do that. So Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they could even have, uh, you know, besides telling more backstory about the, the main characters or something, they could have used some of the newer characters again. Um, mm-hmm. We basically got the 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 standard characters for both teams here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for Mass Mayhem. Thank you for joining us. There's still ways to get in contact with us with the feedback for the show. Visit the website geekcastradio.com. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Please do this. You can shoot email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Uh, coming up next, we have the season one finale kind of recap show, as well as we're going to tease a little bit of season two. Um, and then after that, we'll get into season two. We'll only have three episodes of Mass Mayhem left, and it'll be done. Uh, for now, I am TF2 and Mike with... Toon Master Tim. And remember, podcasting is the ultimate. Illusion is the ultimate weapon.